The world of private equity continues to open up to more regular investors with opportunities in industries poised for long-term growth. You're about to find out what one of those industries is as you learn more about PE in general on this edition of Your Money Manual. And now from Scottsdale, Arizona, here's your host, the CEO of Wealth Strategies Advisory Group and the Household Endowment Model, Vince Annable. Well, good day and welcome to Your Money Manual, the educational show that we have designed around the fact that when it comes to investing, your money didn't come with instructions. So we're here to help you. Our goal is to provide you with valuable information from industry experts, to help you make smart decisions about your money and also build an amazing life of significance. Mr. Brian Bueller, President and CEO of Triton Pacific Securities and Principal and Board Member of Tasty Brands LP. What a title for a company, Tasty Brands, sounds good. Which is an operating business focused on acquiring and managing income producing restaurants. Brian, welcome to your money manual. Hey, thanks for having me, Vince. Appreciate the time. So we're going to talk about private equity today. And private equity is something that's probably one of the most misunderstood um, sectors that are available to now the general public. So private equity is considered an alternative asset class. It's gaining more and more interest among investors. It still remains a mystery, as I said to many people. Brian, would you please provide us with a comparative analysis of private equity versus public securities in terms of how it all works and its availability to our listeners? Sure, thanks for the question. I think simply put, if you just start at the definition of private equity, it's investing in a company that isn't publicly traded on any national stock exchange. So that opens yourself up to a lot of different opportunities as it relates to what you can invest in. Doesn't mean you should, it just means you have that opportunity. So when you think about what's been available to the retail investors, one of the pillars of Triton Pacific Securities is that we can help democratize access to private equity, but do so in a very transparent way. And so we've written several white papers, they're available, I'll make them available through Vince. Uh, so please uh, request those from him. And I think that will give some context in terms of where private equity fits and what the goal is in terms of a retail investor participating in an investment like private equity. Thank you very much for that. What are some of the ways that investors can participate in private equity? So it, it's quite limited, even though it's broadly defined. And I, what I mean by that is typically we'll work with direct investors at the limited partnership level at $10 million. So I think your traditional investor out there probably isn't going to make a $10 million allocation into one position like a family office or an institutional client of ours. So for retail investors, you have different types of private equity that may be made available to you whether it's through a limited partnership or some other type of a structure. But most of the access is really gonna come through folks like you, Vince, where you're managing high net worth investor dollars and you have access to companies like ours. 
uh, where we, we predominantly don't make ourselves available directly to the public. So I think when you, when you think about uh, from an advisor standpoint, how you can gain access to private equity, uh, you, you really do have some limited um, opportunities that exist in terms of making allocations, uh, which is very dissimilar to that of a CalPERS or CalPERS or uh, Harvard or other large endowments that may exist that do have access directly to firms like ours and other private equity firms. And as a side note, the uh, endowments that typically are now investing a significant amount of their capital in uh, private equity and venture capital have all outperformed the S&P in almost every case, and it's been attributed to the private equity investments they've made. So back to Tasty Brands, your company. You invest in high-profile, what's referred to as quick-service restaurants or QSRs. There's been a growing interest by private equity firms in the sector, uh, in this sector of the restaurant industry, and over the last several years. Uh, would you please identify for us a couple of these and tell us why there's been so much interest in this sector? Sure. I, I think a lot of what's happening just in the last 60 days has really brought to light different business essential, essential business, essential service type of investments. I, I can't sit here and tell you that we predicted COVID, uh, but we underwrite for recession. We underwrite for uh, different market volatilities. And so about four years ago, we looked at uh, about 11 different sectors and we kept coming back to fast food restaurants or quick service restaurants or, or QSRs. And the predominant reasons to that is, is one, it does have essential uh, structure to it that Americans need and want. Uh, and two, uh, from a consumptive standpoint, you can look at consumer behavior where almost, almost 85 million Americans every day consume fast food. These are good um, characteristics in an investment. And then when you think about just the relatability aspect of it, uh, we, we have in a very short period of time acquired almost 200 um, different locations of Burger Kings and Pizza Huts, and we'll continue to acquire within those brands and others. And a lot of it has to do with that consumer demand, that relatability that exists, and the performance that potentially um, can uh, really demonstrate itself in these um, challenged market cycles. So we're always looking for value in investments, or at least we should be. How is value created by PE firms for investors? And more specifically, as an investor, what do you look for in businesses you invest in to deliver that value to your investors? Sure. I think there's, there's three ingredients to success in terms of how Triton views it. One is, uh, first and foremost, we're underwriting for downside risk. You know, we're very conservative in our approach in terms of how we're deploying our own personal capital, then our company's capital, and then investors' capital. Um, second to those, then you've got efficiency and then additional capital requirements that uh, other types of banks or other types of private investors may or may not have. So if you kind of couple those three together, the one that allows Triton to stand out and allows Tasty to stand out is our ability to efficiently manage uh, the, the businesses, the companies that we're investing in or taking full control of. So I think when you think of private equity, there's a lot of different ideas out there that circle private equity. But I think one of the, one of the most important aspects is how to create efficiency 
and that will drive revenues and ultimately that will drive good value for the investor and give a nice three to five year return uh, profile to us as investors and to investors in general. Well, speaking of efficiencies, uh, how involved are you guys, Tasty Brand specifically, in the management of this portfolio? So we own and operate 100% of the assets with inside of our Tasty Brands restaurant group. So we're vertically integrated from uh, underwriting of assets to managing the assets to the disposition or sale of the assets. So 100% control of those assets sits with inside of Triton Pacific Capital Partners and within Tasty as the operating business. Well, Let's talk about the investment itself. Because uh, these are illiquid by nature, most private equity investments are, and that's why they're referred to as private. Um, and, uh, they should be part of a long-term strategy, investment strategy, at least that's our recommendation for our clients. Typically speaking, how long do these PE investments last from the time they get started to the time the clients may start receiving all summer, all of their uh, returns? Sure. It's a good question. And probably one of the more important ones that an investor needs to really ask themselves. And the investment strategy uh, really dictates the holding period. And so in particular for tasty brands, we have a three to five year hold. And if I can dimensionalize that for you, if it takes uh, one to two years to raise capital and deploy capital, and then another year, year and a half to two years to really create the efficiencies that I mentioned earlier. And then it takes us another 12 to 18 months to go to market for a full cycle event for the investors. Then you're really in that three to five year hold. And if I look back on our track record as a firm since inception back in the late 90s, and I look at all of the different uh, investments that we've made, our average holding period lines up nicely with what our expected hold is for this particular investment. Well, speaking of questions, what are some of the more important questions we need to ask uh, before deciding on which kind of a private equity opportunity we ought to take advantage of? It's a great question. And if I can quote Warren Buffett on this, it's really two things you wanna ask yourself as an investor. One, do you wanna own it today, tomorrow, and 10 years from now? And two, do you understand the investment thesis? And so as it relates to quick service restaurants, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that most folks listening to this have heard of companies like Burger King and Pizza Hut and Taco Bell, et cetera. So the relatability is there. And then if you think about a longer term approach to you know, the first part of that answer, which is, do you wanna own it today? Would you feel comfortable owning it tomorrow? And is it okay to own it 10 years from now? I think that really will help dictate the investor's decisioning on what allocations they'll make and how much those allocations should be. Ultimately, I hope they uh, will lean on you, Vince, and professionals like you to help them uh, really move through that gauntlet of decisionings. Um, but when you think about it from an investor standpoint, from, from my personal investment standpoint, I ask those two questions to myself almost daily when we're underwriting these assets. Well, thanks, Brian, for joining us. That was a great recap on private equity. I think our listeners uh, probably have a little more education than they had before. Uh, keeping in mind, private equity is just one type of alternative investment. Um, thanks so much for joining us today, Brian. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
So let's wrap it up. Private equity, as we have been discussing and we have recommended on other uh, podcasts, is just one of the different types of alternative investments that the household endowment model offers. Uh, for qualified investors, we want to mitigate their risk in their portfolio by pursuing above average risk adjusted returns. Uh, and if you would like to, you can get our newly updated white paper to learn more about what we do absolutely free. Click on the uh, site, thehouseholdendowmentmodel.com. That's thehouseholdendowmentmodel.com or simply give us a call. Also, if you go to the website, you will notice that we uh, published a book. I published a book last year entitled The Household Endowment Model. That is available on Amazon. I'm Ben Sanibel. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you again on the next Your Money Manual. Look for the video version of Your Money Manual now available on YouTube. As always, you can hear our audio podcast on many of your favorite services, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts available on iTunes. So please give us your rating and a review. We'd appreciate it. Your Money Manual is presented by Wealth Strategies Advisory Group, and we invite you to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time. This program has been presented for the education of our listeners only and is not intended as investment advice, nor is it intended as a solicitation of investment products or services of any kind. We encourage you to seek the advice of a licensed professional financial advisor before making any investment decisions.